Okay, Agunar Shabbos Ravoisai, Shamalechem, Parshas Beshalach, Shabbos Shira. Some uh, insights onto the Parsha. The Pasuk tells us, Vayikach Moshe as Atzmos Yosef Imai. And Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him. Why? Ki Hashbea Hashbea Espene Yisrael. Because Yosef made the Kla Yisrael take a Shua. God will remember you. And He will bring up your bones. You should bring up my bones from here with you. So think about the, what the Pasuk is saying. Moshe took the bones of Yosef. Why? Because Yosef made the Bnei Yisrael take a Shvua. Well, if Yosef made the Bnei Yisrael take a Shvua, then the Bnei Yisrael should have taken the bones of Yosef. Yosef didn't make Moshe take a Shua. Uh, Yosef made the Bnei Yisrael take a Shua. So how, I understand Moshe wanted to take the bones of Yosef, but how is it a reason that Yosef made the Bnei Yisrael take a Shua that Moshe should take the bones? So this shows us an idea that the Rechaim HaKadosh teaches us in Parshish Vayechi that Moshe includes all of Kal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu is Koilel, Kal Yisrael. So therefore, if Moshe Rabbeinu, if Yosef made Kal Yisrael take a Shavua, the way that Shavua is fulfilled is by Moshe Rabbeinu taking the bones of Yosef, because Moshe is Koilel, Kal Yisrael. So that's um, one idea. Let's see over here. Um, next, it says in Parak Yadalid, Pasuk Yates, V'yadu Mitzrayim Kiani Hashem. V'yadu Mitzrayim Kiani Hashem. Mitzrayim will know that I am God. This is Parak Yadalid, Pasuk Tes. Now this is interesting. This is the very first Pasuk of the three Psukim in a row that each have 72 letters. We have three psukim in a row that have 72 letters each. And we've mentioned many, many times that through these 72, these three psukim that have 72 letters each, it creates the 72 letter name of Hashem. Namely, you take the first letter of the first pasuk, the last of the second, the first of the third, and that creates one name of Hashem. The, the pasuk that introduces these three psukim, the first of the three, it says, V'yoidam Mitzrayim Kiani Hashem. We can explain as follows. The heads of the 72 letters are Anivahu. Anivahai. And, uh, we know Vahai is the first name and Ani is the 37th name. But the, they're the two heads. If you have 72 names, so then 1 to 36 is one group, 37 to 72 is another group. The head of the two groups are Ani and Vahai. But the head of everything is Ani. So therefore, V'yadu Mitzrayim, ki Ani Hashem. I want Mitzrayim to know the shame Ani. That's why the emphasis is, V'yadu Mitzrayim, ki Ani Hashem. This way Mitzrayim will know that it is I that am, that am, uh, it is I who am Hashem.
Um, okay. Let us continue. There's an interesting idea in monetary law that somebody could be a mochzak. That status quo, presumptive status. There's an idea of mochzak, of presumption, of law of possession. That's a monetary law. If you have a question of ownership, the one who has it, we assume he's the owner. When you have a question about land, the one who occupies it, or the original owner, they're the mochzak. You would not necessarily think there's a concept of mochzak when it comes to spirituality. And yet we see from Rashi that indeed there is a concept of mochzak when it comes to spirituality. We say, Rashi says, I'm not the beginning of the Kedusha. The Kedusha is mochzekes v'oimedes from the days of my forefathers. So it's important for a person to have a certain feeling that Kedusha and godliness and divinity is with him. He's a mochzak on it. He has a certain connection to it. There is a status of chazaka and mochzak even when it comes to ruchnias. Marv Rabbi Isai, um, I, I had the following hargasha and feeling. Maybe to everyone else it's pashat, but I'd like to share it with you. We say every day in davening, Al chayenu hamasurum biyadecha. For our lives that are delivered in your hand. So it's interesting. I think we tend to think of that as a metaphor or an allegory. Everything in our life is in the hands of Hashem. But that's just a mashal. Yet Rashi tells us on the Pasuk, Natisa Yeminacha Tivla Emai Aretz. You tilted your hand, the earth swallowed them. Rashi says, Says Rashi, everything is in, his, in Hashem's hand. So when He tilts His hand, everything falls. So that's a very, um, in a way, frightening idea, no? That when we say we're in Hashem's hands, doesn't just mean figuratively. Yeah, we're all in the hands of Hashem. We're supposed to envision it that there's a big hand, the hand of Hashem, and we live in that hand. And when Hashem tilts His hand, the whole world falls. And when we say, literally our life is in His hand. And when we say, Hashem, you open up your hand and you satisfy L'chol chai, every living thing, ratzayin. It's not just a allegorical, God, op- He gives to us. There's an idea we are literally in His hand. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the revenge that the, the Jewish people will have on their enemies in the end of days. We live in a very liberal society where revenge is frowned upon. Why, if somebody afflicted or caused harm, it's not his fault. Of course it's not his fault. It's always his, it's his parents' fault. His parents signed his birth certificate and determined who he was at birth, and therefore nobody could blame anybody for anything that anybody does. But this is antithetical to the Torah. One of the great joys of the end of days 
is Yismach Tzadik Kichaza Nakam. The righteous will rejoice when he sees revenge. Pa'amav Yerchatz Bedam Harasha. The Tzadikim will take off their socks and dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. That is what the Pasuk says in Tehillim. The happiness of the Yemais HaMashiach is revenge against our enemies. But I want to give you a little insight into that revenge. Rashi says, Az nifhalu alufei edoim elei moyav yoichazei moyrad namaigu koyol yashechinan so Rashi says, why were they trembling? Why were the nations of the world so afraid? We weren't going to harm them. We weren't going to harm Mayav. We weren't going to harm Edom. So Rashi says, they were mourning. They were mourning over the covet of the Jewish people. You can imagine how much hatred the nations of the world must have for us if when we're successful, they mourn over our success. Marv Rabbi I believe that is part of the revenge of the afterlife. In the, in the times of the after, in the times of the Mashiach, when Klal Yisrael will be on the highest pedestal, when all the nations of the world will recognize it is the God of the Jews who is the only power, that it's the Jewish nation who are the only nation who are God's children, this will be so painful to them, how they'll see they lived for 3,500 years in falsehood and emptiness and meaningless existence. That's part of the they will be misoinen and misabel. Okay, one more idea. Actually, a few more. Question. How do you complain? You know, you have different kinds of people. Some people, they complain about everything. Some people... This is no good. That's no good. This could have been better. This is terrible. And some people, everything's wonderful. Everything is good. Everything is perfect. What's the right way to be? Are you allowed to complain? How do you voice the complaints? So we see something very important. It says that Rashi tells us that when the Jewish people had no water to drink, it says, Vayiloinu al-Moshe. We have nothing to drink. So Rashi says they didn't ask Moshe nicely. They should have gone to Moshe and say, please ask Hashem for mercy that we should have water to drink, but rather they complained. So from here we learned that if somebody has a difficult situation, he doesn't have to just swallow it and say, well, uh, everything's wonderful, everything's beautiful. No. You go, if you have a mahalach, and you could go to somebody and say, kindly get this for me, kindly do this, that's fine. You're allowed to make a constructive request. Could you please do X, Y, and Z? When you start saying, why did you do it? How come you always? That's not appropriate. But you'll have to say, look, I like A, B, and C. Could you do this? That's it. That Rashi says that's what Klai Yisrael should have done. They should have gone to Moshe. Moshe, could you please ask Hashem to give us water to drink? But when they complained, why'd you take us out of Egypt? We have nothing to drink. That's the fine line between making a request and making a complaint.
I thought it was very interesting. And later I saw Rav Hutner makes this diuk. What's the source in the Torah that a person should treat their student like themselves? From Melchemes Amalek. Where Moshe Rabbeinu says, Becharlonu Anoshim. He tells Yeshua, choose for us men. We mean us. Moshe's on top and Yeshua is, uh, Moshe's on top. And Yehoshua is uh, second in command. So why is Moshe making himself equal to Yehoshua? So Chazal say from here we see, He chavoyed talmidcha chaviv alecha kishalach. The honor of your student should be as beloved as your own. Why do we learn that out from here, from Alchemes Amalek? Says Rashi. Uh, that's my question. So I want to say like this. One of the... Attacks of Amalek is Amalek wants to be Mavatel, the Mesoira, the Jewish people. We have idea, um, Milchama Lashem Amalek, Midayer Dayer. Interesting, it says Midayer Dar, but not Dar Lidar. By Klal Yisrael, it's Dar Lidar Yishavach Masech, a generation, two generation. By Amalek, it stands by itself. By Amalek, there's a disconnect between father and child, between Rebbe and Talmud. There's some kind of disconnect in the in the Mesoira. Somebody once pointed out that Amalek, which is Gematria, Reish Mem, 240, Hilchais Kibaravaim in the Torah, in Yaradea, is Simon Reish Mem. Amalek wants to sever the Mesoira in Klal Yisrael. Therefore, to counteract that, Moshe Rabbeinu, teaches the Rebbe the honor of the student should be dear to the Rebbe like his very own honor. Um, one last idea. It says Moshe's hands got heavy. So Rashi says because he was lazy and he appointed Yehoshua, so his hands got heavy. Let's think about that for a moment. Moshe Rabbeinu felt he needed help. So he appointed Yeshua to assist him. You think you need help? You're in cell, Then you, you lose energy. This is a very important observation. This is a very important phenomenon. A person only has as much energy as the energy he puts in. When a person, when a person exerts himself and goes beyond his capacity, God endows him with extra energy. When a person, so to speak, rests on his laurels, then Yibam Shalom saps him of energy. Moshe Rabbeinu was nisatzel, his hands got heavy. So that's a phenomenon in life in general. Sometimes a person says, why am I so tired? Why am I so sluggish? Well, sometimes there's a phenomenon. When a person energizes himself, the Yibam Shalom energizes him. When a person allows himself to fall into a certain lackadaisical mode, the Rebbein Shem, so to speak, takes that even further. Okay, that is the uh, first part of the share for today. Rebbe, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. So we're talking about...